1: Good morning. My name is Joanne, and I'll be your conference operator today. At this time, I would like to welcome everyone to UniSelect, Inc. 2020, fourth quarter results, year-end results conference call. All lines have been placed on mute to prevent any background noise. After the speaker's remarks, there will be a question and answer session. If you would like to ask a question during this time, simply press star, then number one on your telephone keypad. If you would like to withdraw your question, press the pound key. Please be advised that today's conference is being recorded. Thank you. Mr. Louis Junot, Chief, Chief Legal Officer and Corporate Secretary, you may begin your conference. Bonjour, je m'appelle Joanne et je serai votre opératrice pour la conférence aujourd'hui. En ce moment, j'aimerais vous souhaiter la bienvenue à la téléconférence du, du sujet des résultats financiers du quatrième trimestre 2020 et résultats de fin de l'année. Toutes les lignes sont en mode d'écoute seulement afin d'éviter tout bruit inutile. Suite aux commentaires des présentateurs, il y aura une session de questions-réponses. Si vous désirez demander une question durant cette période, simplement composez l'étoile suivi du 1 sur votre clavier téléphonique. Si vous dé- désirez retirer votre question, composez le carré. Merci, Monsieur Louis Junot, chef de la Direction des affaires juridiques et secrétaire coopératif. Vous pouvez déposer le, votre conférence. M-
2: Merci, Joanne. Good morning, everyone, and thank you for joining us for the fourth uh, quarter call conference call. Presenting this morning are Brent Wyndham, President and CEO of Uniselect and President and CEO of the Canadian Automotive Group, and Eric Bussière, Executive Vice President and Chief Financial Officer. Following their comments, we will open the call for questions. Please note that all documents referred to in today's conference call, including this webcast presentation, can be found on our website. At uniselect.com in the investors section. As noted on slide two, I would like to remind you about the caution regarding forward looking statements, which is applied to our presentation and comments. All amounts are expressed in US dollars, except as otherwise specified. With that, let me turn the call over to Brent.
3: Thank you, Louis, and good morning, everyone, and thank you for joining us. Before we begin, I would like to recognize the efforts of the UniSelect team of over 4,800 team members for their continued commitment to drive sustainable improvements for our customers and for our shareholders during these circumstances due to the pandemic. Today, we will discuss the Q4 results and some key highlights from 2020. Let's turn to page four, please. As you can observe on the industry graphs, there was a significant dip in Q2 at the start of the pandemic and the initial lockdowns. Then a substantial recovery in Q3 as the confinement measures were lifted, and a less pronounced dip in Q4 as the second wave of the pandemic hit. The sales of the three businesses were highly correlated to their respective markets throughout the year, with the auto parts aftermarket recovering much faster than the finished market. Let's turn to page seven, please, for the fourth quarter. Consolidated sales for the fourth quarter were down 11% to $366 million from $413 million last year primarily attributable to the slower recovery as expected at Finishmaster, and to a lesser extent at TPA due to the new governmental lockdown measures put in place as a result of the second wave of COVID-19. These factors were partially offset by the continued improvement of CAG's performance, which reported an increased sales versus last year. Organic growth continued its sequential improvement from the trough set in the second quarter and ended slightly better than Q3 at a negative 12% or an impact of $49 million. In turn, the adjusted EBITDA decreased to $24 million compared to $28 million, or a margin of 6.5% from a margin of 68 last year. The impact from the pandemic was partially offset by the savings realized from the CIP and cost control measures. While our consolidated sales have not returned to normalized levels, we managed our adjusted EBITDA margin in line with last year at 6.5% a testament to the successful execution of our business continuity plans and our continuous productivity improvement initiatives. Let's turn to page eight and review Finishmaster, Master, please. At Finishmaster, Master, as stated, we continue to face a slower recovery than the other segments of the aftermarket. Demand continues to improve, but remains well under 2019 levels. Sales were down 22% to 155 million. Organic growth continued its sequential improvement in the second quarter and ended Q4 better than Q3, with an impact of $44 million. While our sales are down, we are maintaining our market share. Our sales are in line with the markets in which we operate, and mirrors the trend of the third quarter. In the quarter, we integrated one store, having completed the heavy lifting earlier this year. In 2020, we integrated a total of 33 company-owned stores ending the year with 147 stores, with minimum impact on our sales or our customer service levels. Adjusted EBITDA decreased by 50% to 8.4 million, or a margin of 5.4% versus the same period last year. What is important to highlight is that although our Q4 is seasonally weaker, we succeeded in generating a higher adjusted EBITDA than Q3, a testament that our actions are beginning to bear fruit. This decrease is primarily due to the lower market demand, resulting in lower fixed cost absorption, Lower, excuse me, lower rebates from the optimization of inventory as well as a result in customer mix as national accounts and MSO continue to gain share. These factors are partially compensated by the savings from our CIP. If you'll join me on page nine, please, for the Canadian Automotive Group. CAD continued, continued to perform well under the context, with sales increasing 2% in the quarter, despite the impact of the pandemic and a slow market recovery for its PBE segment as well. Sales reached 125 million, up from 122 million last year, driven by acquisitions and the appreciation of the Canadian currency. Organic growth was flat and in line with Q3. It is important to note that the sales returned to 2019 levels in the second half of 2020, despite the impact of the pandemic, demonstrating the resiliency of our, our business model. In the quarter, we acquired two stores in a strategic market. In 2020, we integrated four company owned stores, acquired five stores, ending the year with 76 stores in our network. We also migrated 17 stores to our single point of sale system, which will lead to further increasing efficiency. Adjusted, EBITDA reached 13.4 million, or a margin of 10.7%, compared to 9.2 million, and a margin of 7.6%, same period last year. The significant improvement was driven by the savings from the productivity improvements and the CIP, and to a lesser extent, the favorable uh, timing of vendor rebates and the favorable variance in foreign exchange. CAG ended the year with an adjusted EBITDA of forty-eight million or a margin of nine point nine percent, higher than forty-seven million or a margin of nine point one percent last year. Our team's ability and dedication to manage the business continues to grow and is shown in the sustained improvements in our profitability. Turning to page 10, please, for the Parts Alliance. TPA had a softer Q4 than expected, as government-imposed lockdown measures were put in place in October. Although we remained open in the lockdowns, this was the second one in the UK. We saw some decline in the improved run rate from the third quarter, but certainly not to the extent experienced in April. Sales reached 87 million compared to 92 million last year, representing an organic growth of negative 6% in line with the third quarter. The sales variance was mainly due to the impact of, from the confinement measures, as well as the erosion resulting from the integration of company-owned stores. These factors were partially offset by the appreciation of the British pound. In 2020, we integrated eight company-owned stores, ending the year with 171 stores in our network. We are very proud of the team's accomplishment to have successfully migrated 36 stores to our single point of sale system as well. Adjusted ebola reached 6.7 million or a margin of 7.8%, representing the best Q4 margin to date for TPA, from 5.7 million or a margin of 5.7% last year. These results were driven by savings from the productivity initiatives, from the CIP, and to a lesser extent, the governmental occupancy subsidies. Excluding the government subsidies of 1 million, the adjusted EVA would still have been better than last year at 5.7 million or a margin of 6.6%. In the second half of the year, the adjusted EBITDA and absolute dollars and margins were higher than the same quarters in 2020, despite the impact of the pandemic. TPA ended the year with 6.1% adjusted EBITDA margin, higher than 5.6% last year. We believe this profitability is sustainable and will further improve over time. Please turn to me uh, with me on to page 11 for the 2020 highlights. 2020 was a challenging year but we produced better than expected results when compared to our expectations at the start of the pandemic. A testament to the resiliency of the business model and our quick and efficient actions to adjust our operations to the new market realities. Consolidated sales for the year decreased 15%. The decrease in each of our business segments were directly correlated with the respective market. Therefore, our market share was maintained all around. While the pandemic negatively impacted our business, it helped us identify further opportunities to accelerate our transformation during the year we realized more than 30 million of annualized savings while CAG and TPA have completed the heavy lifting in regards to the plan there remains initiatives and opportunities for further improvements to finish mastering in 2020 we integrated 45 stores and acquired five stores ending in the year with 394 stores in our network our adjusted EBITDA decreased to 32 32 percent to th- $89 million versus $130 million last year. However, our adjusted EBITDA margin only decreased seven point, from 7.5% to 6% as a successful implement- implementation of our cost control measures and the, and the benefits from our past investments mitigated the impact on our profitability. I would like to now turn the call over to Eric to f-
4: complete our financial review. Eric? Thank you, Brent. Good morning, everyone. Turning to our financial position on page 13, as at December 31, 2020, our outstanding total net debt stood at 270 million, including 101 million of IFRS lease obligation, representing a decrease of 79 million versus 449 million and the 101 million, respectively, at the end of 2019. We were able to reduce our debt in a challenging operating environment, largely due to the successful implementation of our cash conversion plan and tight control over spending. While we reduce our total net debt, our leverage ratio increased from 3.5 times at the end of 2019 to 4.2 times in 2020, as the adjusted EBITDA was severely impacted by COVID-19. However, excluding IFRS leases' obligation, total net debt to adjusted EBITDA stood at three times in 2020 versus 2.7 times for the same period last year. Now let me comment on our cash flow on page 14. We finished the fourth quarter on a strong note, generating 48 million of cash from operations, ending the year at about 133 million in 2020, up about 100 million versus 33 million last year. This significant improvement was mainly due to our proactive cash management. Given the operating context in 2020, we manage our working capital tightly. During the year, we reduce our inventory level by 147 million, of which approximately 110 million should be considered permanent. In addition, we emphasize the collection of receivables, which improve our working capital by about another $57 million year-over-year. Year. These positive cash flows were partly offset by lower operating results and the timing of vendor financing. In turn, we generated $16 million of free cash flow in the fourth quarter, ending the year with $72 million in 2020, compared to $106 million in 2019. This decrease is primarily due to the lower profitability, mainly related to the lower volume rebate associated with the impact of COVID-19 the optimization of inventory, as well as higher interest payment on long-term debt. These factors were partly offset by lower capital expenditure in line with our tight cash management plan. Turning to uh, to page 15, please. We manage our capital deployment very prudently in 2020, given the circumstances. In fact, it represented about half of the capital invested in 2019. In essence, we reduce our CapEx by 16 million and our merchant advance by 6 million. We also reduced our dividend by 6 million as we suspended it in the spring 2020 to provide more financial flexibility. We used our excess cash to mainly reduce our debt and make a few tuck-in acquisitions in strategic markets in Canada in line with our capital allocation priorities. Turning to page 16. At the end of 2020, we had approximately 285 million of available liquidity. We managed to improve our liquidity by 83 million since the first quarter and ended 2020 with 50 million more liquidity than in 2019. Turning to page 17. As at December uh, 2020, we were in compliance with all our bank covenants. Based on our assumptions and expectations, we believe that our current liquidity and future cash flow in coming periods will be sufficient to meet our operating, financial and capital needs. Turning to page 19 for the outlook. There remains significant uncertainty going forward from the global pandemic, the Brexit overhang in the UK and the ongoing structural changes in the refinish market in the US. Therefore, our outlook is based on certain assumptions and visibility as of today. Given we were where we are today, the recovery from the pandemic will take time. At this point, we expect our consolidated 2021 sales to improve over 2020, but not to return to 2019 level before the second half of 2022. Since our sales are highly correlated to the market in which we operate, the impact of the pandemic on the general economic environment will play a big part in the pace of our recovery. Additionally, we expect to continue to be impacted by some level of supply chain disruption with certain manufacturers in the first half of 2021. As mentioned previously, the refinish market will take longer to recover than the auto parts business, as it is not only dependent on miles driven, but also on new car sales and traffic density. In terms of profitability we expect our consolidated adjusted EBITDA in an absolute dollar and on a margin basis to improve over 2020 but at varying degrees depending on the business segments this improvement will be driven by incremental volume allowing for greater fixed cost absorption the full benefit from our past continuous improvement initiatives and continued stringent cost control measures one factor to keep in mind in 2021 that it is unlikely that we will be benefiting from the same level of government subsidies as we did in 2020. More specifically for Finish Master, we expect sales to improve over 2020, but we do not expect to return to 2019 level as the, time, as the impact from the pandemic is compounded by the ongoing structural changes in the refinish industry. Market recovery is expected on a regional basis with national and MSO sales currently recovering faster than the dependent channel. We also expect to improve our adjusted EBITDA margin versus 2020, as we benefit from past investment, continue to adapt the business to the new market reality, and continue to optimize our cost structure in the businesses. For CAG, we expect both sales and adjusted EBITDA margin improvement over 2020, as the resilience of the auto part aftermarket business, the benefits from our past continuous improvement investment and the improved performance of our company-owned store network are bearing fruits. Our objective, continue to be to grow organically and through a strategic acquisition to consolidate the market in Canada. We made two tuck-ins acquisition in 2020 and expect to do some selective one in 2021. Similarly, for TPA, we expect both sales and adjusted EBITDA margin improvement over 2020. Having said this, three, there remains uncertainty for TPA. One, one of those issues, first, the impact from additional government lockdown due to the pandemic. Second, the uncertainty to have supply chain issues related to Brexit, and finally, the seasonal impact from the Ministry of Transport changing mandatory testing schedule. However, our objectives continue to be to grow, primarily through Greenfield. We put Greenfield on hold in 2020, given the context, but we are currently planning to open a few in 2021, depending on the market conditions. For modeling purposes, net finance costs for 2021 should be in line with last year, excluding the loss on the debt extinguishment while the tax rate should be between 20 and 22%. In terms of cash deployment, we will continue to manage our capital investment and working capital prudently. However, we will ramp up certain investments back to pre-COVID level. For 2021, we expect to invest about 12 million for maintenance CapEx and between 10 to 16 million for development CapEx. We also expect to invest between 14 to 16 million in customer incentives. However, we will maintain the suspension of the dividends payments until further notice. Turning to page 20, I would like to conclude on comments relating specifically to the first quarter of 2021. While the impact of 2019 has temporarily distorted the typical seasonality of our results, Q1 21 is still expected to be soft. Given that that the impact from the pandemic first hit our results in the later part of March 2020. Our Q121 cells in all three segments are expected to be lower than the same period last year, but at varying degrees. Let me provide you with some perspective compared to January 2020. Our consolidated organic cells from January stood at a negative 12%, with Finnish Master at negative 15%, CAG at negative 7%, and TPE at negative 10%. In addition, the total net debt level of Q1 will rise, as it does every year, due to the typical seasonality, payment of rebates to our member, the timing of some payables, and some level of restocking in the businesses. In line with our prior comments, we expect to use a greater level of cash flow from operation in the first half of the year and generate cash flow from operation more so during the second half of the year, with the objective to finish 2021 at a similar total net debt level as of Q4 2020 and combined with an improved leverage ratio. In closing, we are confident that we have a solid financial plan to continue to address our current crisis and sufficient liquidity to meet our current operating and capital needs. This concludes our presentation. We're now ready to answer your questions. Joanne.
1: At this time, I would like to remind everyone that in order to ask a question, please press star, then the number one on your telephone keypad. We'll pause for just a moment to compile the Q&A roster.
0: Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.
1: Your first question comes to the line of Benoit Poirier from Desjardins Capital Markets. Your line is now open.
5: Yeah, good morning, everyone. And congratulations for the the, the decent quarter. Uh, you provide a great color for the 2021 outlook, but I would be curious uh, which segment do you expect the strongest and the weakest uh, improvement, either on an absolute basis in terms of organic growth, or if it uh, w- would you be able to rank where you, you see the uh, where you expect to see the, the greatest improvement?
3: Well, I'll I let Eric. Good morning, Benoit. Um, I would say, you know, we continue to expect CAG to perform uh, throughout the year. It, it's probably the, the one that, and certainly TPA would be in the middle of that, provided there's no more further significant impacts from the lockdowns. Certainly the one that uh, has the longest pull in the tent for recovery is, is just the refinish market itself. Um, and uh, so it will be the, the third as far as the recovery from, a, from an organic point of view.
5: Okay, perfect. And with respect to uh, FinishMaster, could, could you maybe provide some color about the uh, uh, further cost reduction initiatives that, that, that we might see down the road to better adjust the uh, the network with the increasing MSO trend?
3: Well, you know, I, I think we've taken a lot of actions over the last 18 months uh, in our network, in our footprint, to sort of optimize a larger larger branch network um, and we're we're currently in continuous review of that uh, and what needs to be done when working with our customer base. Um, we won't do anything to jeopardize our, our service levels um, and our and our position being the leader in that space. But you know we're we're certainly looking at uh, every opportunity we can to through automation and every other aspect of whether it's route optimization, everything we can do to to further uh, benefit the uh, performance of of that model cuz it's it's a solid business it's just going through transformation you know
5: Okay, and last question in terms of free cash flow, uh, Eric, you provided the great details about capex expectation. Uh, I would be curious maybe to have more granularity about the key elements that we should take into account for 2021. Uh, Are there any big working cap movement that we should expect uh, and maybe leverage ratio where we we might expect the uh, leverage ratio to, to come down? Yeah, so um, uh,
4: as it relates to uh, how we see the working capital evolving, there is no question that we will be investing in our working capital in Q1 and to a lesser extent in Q2. Not unusual, right? As you know, we are in a seasonal business and Q1 is always the most punitive quarter from a cash flow perspective for Uniselect. I would say it's slightly more exacerbated this year uh, with the pandemic from the perspective of the recovery and the timing of that recovery. Uh, So both, you know, our... If you should come out of Q4, it's a lower, a slower quarter typically in Q4, and therefore you're going to collect a little bit less cash in Q1. So that's part of the explanation. The other one, you have to keep in mind that in Q1, we always phase rebate to our members in, in Canada uh, based on the prior year results, right? Uh, and then the, the third element is just we will be restocking a little bit in Q1. So we will be burning cash, and we had signaled that uh, last quarter. Uh, and I think that, that's still very much what we have in our eyes. So my, my expectation is the dollar debt level will go up in uh, in Q1 and to a lesser extent in Q2. And then we expect the, the dollar debt level to come back more in line with what we had at the end of 2020. In terms of leverage ratio, I expect an improvement just because the EBITDA should expand compared to 2020, right? So our expectation is that leverage ratio will come down uh, towards the second part of the year. Okay,
5: that's great caller. Thank you very much for the time. Thank you, Benoit. Thank you,
1: Benoit. Your next question comes from the line of Snowman Sati from Laurentian Banks. Your line is now open.
6: Uh, hi, good morning, and congratulations on, on, on the decent quarter and good results. Uh, just on, on the first quarter, on the TPA side, uh, your, your, on the January, it was down negative uh, 10%, whereas your uh, – Last quarter, it was down about 5.6%. I'm wondering if 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 the lockdown has had uh, more impact, or it's gone more stringent, or or how are you looking at that part? Yeah, there's well,
4: there's, there's no, no
3: question. Uh, go ahead, Brent. No, sorry. There's there's no question that we've seen uh, the lockdown in in Canada have an impact on the, the momentum that we had on our sell side and and uh, the Canadian group. I think uh, we signaled that we saw it really happening in the fourth quarter on the trend and TPA with the lockdowns. Now our, we're certainly hopeful that the changes in uh, the lockdowns and and the curfews will, will certainly will the, the business model is resilient, so it will come back. It's a matter of timing uh, in those two regards, and we have seen some improvement in our uh, our finished master trend since the first of the year, as you can see.
6: Yeah, That's great. And just on for CAG, uh, you had really good improvements there. I'm wondering if uh, uh, the timings of uh, when the rebates, has that played a major role or uh, is that a small part of it? Well,
3: I I think that uh, we certainly saw a significant improvement and a jump in the revenue beginning in the third quarter after we come out of the lockdowns in the second quarter um it's sort of stabilized as i think uh, Eric and i alluded to you know we we were normalized run rate in the second half of 19 versus 19 and and uh last, this last year so you know it's 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 a it's a solid uh it's in a solid position uh, so i think you know i don't see any real spikes canada doesn't have a lot of spikes other than the seasonality so okay and just uh,
6: lastly i mean probably if you could speak on the three segments, are there any changes on the pricing side or is that um, something that's consistent to how historically it has been?
7: Um,
3: we haven't seen any any, cre- in, any significant increases in cost, um, you know, from the manufacturers or, or pricing. Uh, the only thing I would tell you is, you know, all of us are facing uh, uh, Great costs from uh, China and and, uh, Great End is becoming a a bigger burden for all three of the business, especially the parts side. Uh, I would say predominantly the parts side, not the paint side. Um, So that's the only thing uh, in the supply chain that's been disruptive. It is disruptive, uh, both from receiving the goods and the costs to receive them from historically.
4: But that'll sort of normalize itself over the year. And on the top line, I may add that uh, on the paint side, there's been announcement by certain manufacturers of price increases, which we'll, we'll push through, and some some start in yeah. December's, but there's more to come uh, in during the quarter. Uh, and typically, we're able to uh-huh. to push those price increases, right, with the traditional segments, for instance, in the paint. And and oftentimes, uh, inflation in the auto parts business is not a bad thing for us in the sense that it's something that we can push the price uh, up to, uh, to, uh, to the market ultimately, right, because it's a pass-through, more or less.
6: Okay. Thanks for the color. That's it from me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Again, if you would like to ask a question, <coughs> please press star and the number one on your telephone keypad. Your next question comes from the line of Daryl Young from TD Securities. Your line is now open.
8: Morning, guys. Good morning, Daryl. Um, question on Finnish master. Um I'm just wondering if through the through the pandemic there's there's been some smaller um, players consolidating, and I'm just curious if if there's been any shifts in market share, or if, if you feel that you're holding your own through through this environment, and uh, uh, yeah, just a little bit more color there on, yeah. on the competitive dynamics. Yeah,
3: I, I, I would tell you that we still see a, a significant activity at the at the repair side on the MSO side, and with the national accounts, uh, we see them acquiring. Uh, as far as in the distribution side, uh, it's a very small movement that's happening right now, and, and has happened through the pandemic. Um, you know, uh, and quite frankly, we've been tracking our uh, our market trends by down to the, you know to the lowest level we can we can get any data through CCC, and and um, and we we feel very confident that we haven't lost any market share in any of the markets that we we participate in, which is roughly about. 3032 32 states that we're in, this in, in, uh, in the finished master footprint.
8: And would you say you're seeing more volume directed through the MSOs and through your MSO customers, it would be the ones driving the, the bulk of your sales yeah, in this environment?
3: A- absolutely. They, you know, we've been very clear that as the, as the pandemic sort of subsided uh, a little bit mm-hmm. in Q2, as we come out of that in Q3 and Q4, that we've seen the, the market rebound quicker to the MSO and national accounts than it has been the traditional market. Um,
8: so, yes. Okay, great. And then on the um, the supply chain disruptions, you, you've mentioned that a few times in the past, but it hasn't really seemed to impact uh, margins in any particular quarter. Is there anything different this time around that would be cause for concern or, or just the general disruption of the COVID environment?
3: Well, I, I would say no disruption on the supply chain uh, on the paint side or the refinish side. Um, most of that is produced in North America, as you know. And, and so I would say, though, for us on the parts side, uh, it has been uh, it's been pretty, uh, pretty dicey the last uh, 60 days, 90 days, both for TPA and Canada, just to receive the right supply from our manufacturer partners. Um, certainly it's temporary, you know, it's, it's all COVID impacted, um, you know, plants closing, uh, shifts, not being able to work, uh, freight lines are being, uh, distorted, uh, you know, as you, as you know. So, uh, it's been something that we're managing in a dynamic way, but clearly it's something that has our, it's our top attention right now is to make sure we have the product. It has an impact that is from a, um, from a margin perspective, it's, it's really, uh, uh, it's a, certainly a concern of our top line and making sure we give the right products to our customer
8: base in the right time. Okay. And then just flipping back to finish master quickly, is, is there a target margin uh, you guys are hoping to sort of run rate at when, when the environment normalizes or is based on, you know, the cost cutting done to date and recovery in sales is, is you have sort of a target um, margin there?
4: Well, I think we've said that uh, we believe that the business can certainly be in the 6 to 8% EBITDA range, right? Uh, and I would tell you, Daryl, if you normalize the volume of uh, Finish Master in Q4 to sort of 2019 sales volume, the EBITDA margin would expand by at least 230 basis points, right? Just just because of the volume aspect of it. Um, so, you know, part of the margin enhancement at a Finish Master will be a, a volume gain, uh, basically. Uh, and we've done a lot of work on the cost. Uh, there's still some some opportunities, obviously, and we'll continue to do so like we do in the two other businesses. Uh, but for now, I think that the, that's what we have in our radar at this point.
8: Gotcha. Okay, that, that's it for me. Congrats on uh, a good quarter, guys. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Again, if you'd like to ask a question, please press star, then the number one on your telephone keypad. Your next question comes to the line of Jonathan Lammers from BMO Capital Market. Your line is now open.
7: Good morning, Jonathan. Good morning. Yeah, good morning. Morning. Uh, Thanks for the comments uh, so far. Uh, Just circling up on Finish Master, do you have the portion of sales that MSOs represented in 2020?
4: Uh, No, not at my fingertip, uh, Jonathan. Uh, I guess I'm just curious.
7: I know that they took share in um, 2020, Mm -hmm. Um, I would think that the independents were hit harder than the MSOs. Um, Could there actually be an opportunity for some of that mix to reverse or at least remain stable in in a scenario where, you know, vehicle miles traveled normalized?
4: Yeah, so the, the way I would answer that is there, there's two factors to keep in mind here, right? One is just the overall uh, traffic volume and then incident rates that will likely, you know, rebound somewhat as the economy reopened. Uh, and then the question is, who is getting that business? So for now, the insurance companies have re- redirected that volume more so to the MSOs and national accounts. Uh, I suspect as, the, as those companies start having a, a higher volume, uh, there will be more opportunities for the traditional segments to rebound. But I would say that's one element. And then the other factor is the consolidation, right? We, we've seen even in 2020, consolidation uh, still happens, uh, and we expect this to continue to happen. So uh, I think that, that's the color I could give you for now.
3: Okay. That's so, so John, Jonathan, just... Uh, the share mix is pretty much the same as we said, uh, um, in Q4 and Q3, it's about 35, 36% of the them. Business. It hasn't really changed, uh, from our mix. It's just that there, are, there's less of the, uh, <clears throat> of the
7: traditional side right now. Okay. And on the greenfield opportunity, for the UK um, that you're looking to later into 2021. C- can you expand a little bit on that? Is, is that a continuation of the same strategy yeah. that uh, TPA was taking prior to COVID? And uh yeah. you kind of frame how big the opportunity might be? Yeah, yeah, I, so think think we,
3: we've, yeah. I think we've always said that it would be somewhere around, you know, there's, there's probably 15 to 25 locations that we'd like to expand to strategically over time. And I think all we're doing is picking that that pace back up. Uh, And as Eric alluded to, depending on the conditions that we're in, uh, we have a line of sight for locations and and prioritizations of where we'd like to grow into. So, uh, you know, the team's working on those contingent based on the market rebounding.
7: Thanks. And just a uh, technical question. Um, Eric, would you happen to have the – monthly breakout of organic sales for uh, Q1 of 2020?
4: Uh, um, so on a consolidated want- basis in Q1 2020, uh, organic growth was negative 2%. I don't have it by month here, that was for the quarter. Uh, CAG was negative 4.9, TPA was negative 4.5. Right. Uh, sorry, I said on Consolidated, FM was negative two percent, and consolidated was negative two point nine. From a month-to-month pattern, I don't have that in front of me, but it's something that we can look at.
7: Okay. Thanks for your comments.
8: Thank you.
1: Your next question comes to the line of Zachary Evershed from National Bank Financial. Your line is now open.
9: Good morning, everyone. Congrats on the quarter. I was hoping you, you could drill down oh thanks. Hoping you could drill down on the timing of the price hikes and pass throughs and how much friction there might be on margins due to a lag before you're able to push that through. That you know, uh, would you be able to drill down for us on the timing of the price hikes and pass throughs and whether there might be any friction there due to a lag between the implementation at the manufacturers and you guys being able to push through the pricing? Well, we, we haven't observed a, a lot
4: of delay from that perspective, right? When the manufacturer announced a price increase uh, on a given date, price goes up, and anything else that is bought thereafter by the customer is subject to that price increase. The question is, how much of that price increase is contractually protected by the customer or not? So that depends. Uh, I'll tell you that. Uh, on the automotive side, most of our ability to push price increases is, pre- is pretty good across the board in the pain business. Uh, some of the national accounts or some of the MSOs may have some price protections. On the traditional side, we are able to push those price increases, um, but you know, it, it, in terms of timing of price increase, it's it, it's pretty immediate. There's no
9: uh, there's no big delay as it relates to that. That's helpful, thanks. And then on that topic of the MSOs obviously repair consolidation is going to remain headwind and you're looking at route optimization, automation, and of course the return of volumes will also help margins. Is there anything mm-hmm. else that you're looking at to help FM margins improve to the top end of that 6% to 8% range? Well, we're also looking, and Brent, Brent can emphasize on some other initiatives, but you
4: know, we are looking at our logistics per se, uh, how we buy a product, how we distribute the product within our branches and and there might be some some additional opportunities there but these are very much a stream of initiatives that are ongoing so there are you know, we're, we're, there's a lot of a uh, lot of activities happening in the three businesses to further optimize and protect
9: what we've done in 2020 thank you and the last one for me um obviously the strategic review ended ages ago but with the big shakeup in the pandemic are you still open to options that might narrow the focus of the business
4: well, I mean, I think in
9: the right time, right context, uh, I think everything is
4: possible, right? Uh, but our, or we, uh, we're not in a strategic review mode at this point. Uh, and I think we're pretty much looking at optimizing the businesses. And I think we've done a significant stride in the last uh, 12, 18 months from that regard. Brent, I don't know if you want to add or comment further.
3: No, I, I, at this point, we're, we're operating the businesses and, and looking at uh, making sure we protect our assets and come out of this with not only keeping our market share, but in a position to grow it and, and optimize our, our cost to serve.
9: Thank you very much. I'll turn it over. Thank
1: you. There are no further questions at this time. Mr. Brent Wyndham, please continue.
3: So thank you very much for joining us. Uh, and we look forward to, to speaking to you next quarter. Uh, Stay safe, be healthy, and uh, thank you for being here today.
1: This concludes today's conference call. You may now disconnect.
0: Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's Investor Relations section on their website. See you next time.